Hello and welcome to episode 64 of The Daily Run Through Titus. We're in chapter 3, and last time we stopped right in the middle of verse 3. As Paul is talking about how Titus should be teaching the people in Crete, the people in the church there, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, and showing all humility to all men. And we talked about how what Paul says next is is kind of that reminder of who we were, right? It's a whole lot easier to treat people with humility when you remember where you came from, right? That's that's kind of the the you know the the old trope in you know don't forget the don't forget where you came from, you know don't forget the little guy, don't forget you were you know when when you you know remember remember me when you're big and famous remember me don't forget don't forget where you came from you know keys as they will say sometimes they say you know stay grounded right stay grounded um, don't get don't get all full of yourself when you find success and and move up in the world stay grounded don't forget where you came from and that seems to be the idea that that Paul's laying out here because he says you know treat treat all men or showing all humility to all men that's verse 2 which we talked about that at length and he says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived. All right, so that's what we talked about last time. We talked about how, you know, before we knew Jesus, we were walking in foolishness. We look back, you know, I look back at those things. And I'm ashamed, you know, of the way I acted, the things I did. I, you know, I didn't think about the long-term consequences of the things I said and, the, you know, the things that I did, the way I treated others. I didn't think about the ripple effect you know, of the pebbles I threw in that pond about how far reaching those things would be. You know, disobedient, you know, there were, there were times where I just acted and I just did what I thought was right. I talked about this last time. Most time people are going through their life and they're just, you know, the things that they believe, they don't believe they're believe things that are wrong. You know, people have their political beliefs. They don't believe generally speaking, I believe in things that I know are wrong, you know, now, there will be those who will debate about that and say, you know, deep down, you know, this is this is wrong, you know, and they'll 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 take you to you know Romans chapter one and say, look, these people know they know the truth. Um, and into that, I think there's that idea also that they've been blinded to it. There's a blindness to it. And, and that's when we get to this idea of being deceived. You know, they, they've bought into it so deeply that they're really truly deceived. They think that they are right and they think that they're good. And yet they're doing and following after things that are contrary to what true goodness, rightness, holiness is. And so last time we talked about a little bit about being deceived. And um, if you're not aware, I have another podcast called The Lies Podcast. And it's all about that, about these deceptions that we believe, that people believe, and the, the consequences to it. And many of those deceptions are, are rooted in misunderstandings of Scripture or misapplications of Scripture. So anyway, you can look that one up and check it out on your own. But um, he says next, he says, serving various lusts. Now, when he talks about lusts in the Bible, it's, it's used in different ways. But the idea, when he says various lusts, it's those appetites Serving your your fleshly appetites, your desire to please your own physical self, various lusts. You know, sometimes we, we think of lust and um, it's kind of contrasted with love, right? Because 
love is I want the best for you at my own expense, right? It's sacrificial. Like Jesus laid down his life for us. He wanted what was best for us, our salvation. So he laid down his life on the cross for us. So the same thing when, when I love somebody, I'm willing to make sacrifices for their good. And sometimes that true love shows up as me sacrificing even the relationship for the good of that person. Because to present them with the truth might cause them to reject me, be angry with me. Um, and that's a scary thing. And honestly, I don't think I do that enough. I don't think I'm loving in that way nearly enough to be willing to sacrifice relationships and friendships for the sake of that person's good, to share the truth with them in a loving and caring way. So we need to you know, love people as opposed to lust, which is I want you to please me and do what I like and do what I think is good for me at your expense, you know, which is interesting because sometimes it's complete re reverse. Like I want you to please, you know, I want you to make sacrifices for me. Now, I'm, if I loved you, I'd make sacrifices for you, but I desire. And so I desire for you to make sacrifices for me. That's a problem. And, and so, but serving various lusts doesn't simply mean lust in a sexual manner, though it does include that. It can also include other um, hungers and thirsts that we might have in living for those things. And I think it's important to remember that because it helps us when we deal with these other people to recognize, like, what are they ruled by? They're not ruled by the Spirit of God. They're not led by the Spirit of God. They're they're led by various lusts. He says, serving various lusts and pleasures. You know, if you've listened to the podcast long, you've heard me say, um, you know, there's these P words that we have to watch out for that are the, 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 the attitudes of the world. And, and it kind of falls into this like pleasure, right? The world says that that's what you need to be pursuing. That's where the answer is. That's what will make you happy. Pleasure. Other people will say, oh, no, 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 it's power. It's, it's, you need power. Others would say, oh, no, it's not power. It's, it's prosperity. You need the accumulation of stuff. I would say, no, 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 it's, no, it's, it's, it's popularity. It's popularity. It's having people like you. You know, live, live in a way that everyone will like you. Others say, oh, no, it's prestige. It's prestige. It's, it's having the admiration of others. It's not, it's not necessarily having power over them or, or them all liking you, but it's, the, it's being admired by everybody. And so those, those tend to be the big ones, right? Those tend to be the, the, the things that people want to serve. And so he says, that's how we used to be, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. The way the way that we live, and I've seen this, you know, um, um, I work daily, as many of you do, with people that are are not um, Christian people, and and it comes up, it comes up just that they are living in malice and envy toward people that they have no daily interaction with. I've talked with people that were living in malice in hatred toward people that are dead. They still have this anger and this bitterness 
toward these people that are not involved in their life anymore. And yet they are involved because they keep them involved. They're holding on to that anger and the bitterness and resent, resentment. You know, living in malice, you know, it's that getting even. There's a lot of people that they live their whole life and it's all about getting even. Trying, whether it's trying to impress people or it's trying to put people down, uh, trying to dominate others, trying to get ahead of someone else. That, that whole attitude of, of defeating others. It talks about envy, envy, desiring what others have. And not just the point of I'm desiring what others have. I'm desiring what they have. And I also don't want them to have it. It's not I, I want what you've got. I want you got what you've got, and I don't want you to have what you've got. And and Paul's reminding Titus to remind the people that this is how they used to be. And what a glorious thing when you can read this list and go, oh man, God has, God has done work in me. I am no longer that. I'm no longer living just to pursue my own pleasures. I'm no longer ruled by malice and envy towards others. Hate, being hateful and hating. See, because there's a, there's a change that should come upon the Christian where we should no longer hate people. Because when we understand that the only difference between them and us is that they're lost and we were lost and found, that, we, that we've been redeemed, that we've been born again. It's not, and he's just going to go on in the next part to talk about how it's not because we earned it or we deserve it. And when we keep that in mind, again, that keeps us grounded, keeps us humble to remember, like, I didn't deserve this. I didn't earn this. It's a free gift I received. And my hope is that that person, that my natural inclination is to hate them, is to hope that they'll come to know him and that he'll change them. That they will come to that understanding of the hurt and the damage that they've caused, that they'll repent from those things. And that they'll be renewed and there'll be a new, new creation. The danger is when Christians, when we hate people to the point where we don't want them to come to know him. We don't want them to receive the free gift. We want them to die separate from him. We want them to remain separate from him. And that's, I think, what, when Jesus talks about, you know, he who hates his brother's a murderer. Because if you don't want somebody to come to know Jesus, well, you just want them to go to hell. Well, why? Well, why wouldn't you want them to come to know Jesus? Well, because you want them to receive the punishment that's due them, which is a very arrogant attitude because that means that I guess you don't think that you deserve the punishment that's due you, but you are due. You are deserving of the punishment due you. And yet Jesus died on the cross to take that punishment and pay the price for you and for them as well. And so we have no grounds to live in hatred because if I start to say, I don't want that person to know Jesus, then I'm saying I deserve him and I don't, and you don't, none of us do. And that's the glory of the glorious aspect of the gospel. That Jesus died for all, even the dirtiest, rotten, nastiest person you've ever met. The person that your natural inclination is to hate and hope they're dead. Jesus died for them too. And if you think that they are not worthy of it, you're right. And neither are you. Stay grounded. Next time we'll hit verse four. God bless you. Talk to you next time.